Welcome to the segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound brought to you by Be Simply. Sometimes my hair's alright, I dwell on my past lives, act like I'm transcending. But I gotta do my best to do what mama says, not get offended. Gotta try to Welcome to the segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound, and this is Suzanne Toro, and as mentioned, this is brought to you by Be Simply. I want to thank you all for being here today and taking the time and space, I should say, to look inward. This is really an important part of anyone's meal on a weekly basis and a daily basis to go into the inner landscape, so... I applaud you for taking the space to nourish yourself and to receive. So today we're going to dive into selflessness and also self-care. And so we're in a society where we're really still way out of balance. And on a spiritual practice uh, or any spiritual practice is... It can end up being one of two things. It could be so much service that you forget yourself, or it can be an escape hatch for neglecting self or bypassing what you really need to look at. And so oftentimes when someone's ready to heal uh, the warm fuzzy, especially more of a spiritual path because there's a more heart-based, open, uh, kind of flowy feeling because you're going from the inside out versus in different uh, science-based religious backgrounds or just theological backgrounds, there can be a rigor to them, meaning that there are certain things that are required. And this happens in the East and the West, you know. Um, So I would say the key word there is reverence. So whatever your faith is, whatever your practice is, do you have reverence for it? Meaning, are you willing to show up for it? Not just one day a week, but every single day. And it might take different shapes and forms on those days. And so when we start to have reverence for our spiritual practice, meaning communing with our inner landscape, a.k.a. your eternal being, you will start to realize that that piece is such an important aspect of your daily communion because it will give you knowledge, knowledge in your theological practice. It'll give you knowledge in your day-to-day practice. It'll give you knowledge in your agnostic practice, your nature practice, whatever it is. Just being and communing with your eternal essence will start to generate this energy and what happens especially from an eastern perspective is you will start to have a level of humidity humility and a level of selflessness meaning that you're not going to be necessarily a doormat that's what um, maybe some schools of thought will talk about, and that could happen in spiritual bypassing, is that 
you become selfless in that you're ready to be of service. And this curious thing, and I wrote about this years ago in my book, um, it's time to write a new book, but another book, I should say. In that book, it really um, points everyone to do two things. One, to be the embodiment of the divine God, whatever they imagine that to be, because that essence is everywhere. It's everywhere. And you have the will and the freedom to express that or not. And the second part is to be of service. Get out of the way of yourself. Harness your inner wisdom and use those gifts, those innate gifts to be of service to others. And what has happened, I feel like, in this day and age is that there is so much emphasis put on uh, fame, fortune, uh, people being well-known, even in spiritual and religious communities. And something starts to diminish the bigger you get uh, something. Like, the bigger it gets, something starts to diminish. You could look at any... A corporate chain that started small, something starts to diminish because they have to figure out how to have certain items everywhere and the quality diminishes versus, let's say, I'm thinking of Starbucks right now. They started out in Seattle, small coffee shop, and then expanded to a national company. If you had the opportunity to go into their environment in the beginning and you go today and you put them side by side the quality is not there even in the goodies you get in the case because they have to really replicate on a national and international scale where that's where the compromise comes in so if we take this and segue over to our spiritual practice the bigger the environment Things are lost there because there's more things to manage. There's more things to, uh, and ideas and all those things. So when you come into this space, it's really uh, just your, you and me guiding you in this moment. And that's a very intimate, the, even more intimate would be that you got the opportunity or I got the opportunity to be with you one-on-one. And then maybe it's a little bit bigger, you know, maybe a group of 20 people, I don't know, even like 50 people is a lot, you know. So anywhere, 21, 34 people, uh, you know, that that's an intimate, manageable setting because all of those energies, we're going to feed into that experience. You start getting it bigger and bigger and bigger. You might as well be at home in this one-on-one experience Versus this larger one. And that's, um, I'm sharing this based on my own life's history and experience from leading, sitting in large congregations or gatherings to the intimate. And sure, they can fill you up in different ways and that's fine. The reason I bring this up is that selflessness component comes from the inner work from within where you take the time to be self-responsible, self-accountable and allow yourself to blossom like that beautiful lotus flower from within. If you spend all your time being busy in this group of people versus really getting deep on the inside, uh, you will in it, 
inadvertently intellectualize concepts, you will miss the opportunity to commune with the unseen to the seen world because the mind is being pulled in all these different ways. And a lot of times it's just uh, a routine, which people will call ritual, that doesn't have a lot of substance to it. And that's why in any type of... uh, meditation, tea ceremony, cacao ceremony, even plant medicine or the synagogue or the church, it really truly is the set and setting. It's who's delivering it to the group of people that are there or the individual. And this can be in your education, all those things. And when the inner integrity is out of calibration, something is going to be lost in translation. Even the mind fleeting for a moment when maybe a professor or a leader is speaking, that dissipates something that could have been translated in its purest form. So the reason I bring this up today is that there have been a lot of veils. I shared this on the full moon. You can go back to that meditation. But there's been a shroud and in front of it's been the perceptual what is and then bit by bit people are discovering a aspect of what is and this impacts all aspects of life not just business not just government not uh, uh, sciences literature it impacts every part including your spiritual practice and so How you can know you're on track because there's this big intrusion of science and I'm all for science. I'm a total geek that way. Uh, Attempting to prove where someone is at and manipulate where someone's at with a machine. And so what happens is this beautiful thing that I'm sharing about selflessness and self-care get interrupted because the machine is forcing you potentially faster than your eternal being is ready. And that is why it's so important to honor all the steps along the way. Because eventually you can bypass, bypass, bypass. And that's because you're more self-absorbed and you're grasping because you want to know. So think of it this way. If you want to experience the magic of the unseen to the seen, it's a diligent practice without expectation. It is a humbling practice without expectation. And at times, it will feel uncomfortable. So therefore, that's why a lot of these environments that are um, totally giving you information and asking you to have blind faith only go so far. And traditions that have practices that encourage you to be disciplined in those practices will ultimately reveal something beyond anything that could ever be written. And then the responsibility happens with you because when we're bridging heaven to earth one has to stay mentally emotionally physically objective true to what is 
so one does not get lost. And this is why I highly encourage having a meditation teacher, you know, uh, someone that to, can guide you and understanding. And so right now you have that opportunity to really be true to that practice. And rather than it's, it's kind of like what's happening is people are like, oh, oh, wow, this happened. Science is proving it. I'm just going to run ahead, even though I didn't really do the due diligence to hear. It'd be like someone getting on a machine, getting a fake abdominal wall, meaning they had it surgically manipulated, and then they have to go to a sit-up contest or something, an ab contest, and they won't be able to do it because this is was manufactured versus person that took the time to build it in a way that it built their strength up. So our spiritual strength and our mental strength are what give us the faith. And it also lets us dis- distill down what is and what is not and what's make-believe and what's a story, what's a metaphor, what's an allegory that can help us understand where we're at. And so as these veils drop around all theology, this is going to give people an opportunity to go deeper into that inner landscape, deeper into that place where ultimately they will be guided just effortlessly to compassion, empathy, to a place of selflessness. So where we couple this in with self-care, because, you know, right now we have two things. Society at large is has a significant imbalance in their mental state of being. And so you can't really go too far in your spiritual practice till the mental state of being is in balance. And the reason for this is because then you'll start playing tricks on yourself. You will generate certain aspects of your reality based on a delusion versus what actually is. And that's why those checks and balances, when I work with my students, we go through this and sometimes they get frustrated because it's not progressing as fast as they want. The good news is, as these veils drop, there's going to be less of an impact on all of us, all of humanity, so that people can naturally dip into the state that many people feel when they go into the woods or when they take a moment to be silent with themselves like you will shortly here. And so as that happens, it's more and more effortless to take care of yourself because you're honest, you're not in a delusion. And since you're exercising that spiritual muscle, you have that same muscle that you can apply to aspects of your life to retain well-being. And sure, you know, oftentimes when we feel not great in life in general, we want things that are not necessarily good for us. And the reason for this is because we have been programmed this way and When we realize that, oh, wow, you know, nature mirrors something to me. And even in different traditions, it's mirrored to me. If I am not feeling well, it's time for retreat and silence. Sometimes abstaining from food and water. 
This is in indigenous practices. This happens in many theological practices across the world. Uh, this happens in uh, retreat, in meditative retreats, where the need to overconsume, to pacify, goes away because the efforts are placed on the inner landscape. So if you're inspired in this moment, I really encourage you to carve out more space on a weekly basis for that communion with self. You can do this outside. You can do this in conjunction with your faith practice. You can do this anywhere you really choose. Uh, when I take people on retreat, especially a lovely one in Europe, we actually spend time meditating in public and then in a formal setting before our day starts where we're staying. And the reason for this is to remind people that your meditative space is always with you. You don't need a quiet temple. You don't need all these conditions. And in fact, when you learn to meditate where there's noise and distractions, you will actually uh, deepen that muscle from within to really tune in. And then as I've mentioned, you can do this in motion too. So everything can be uh, meditation and action, meaning that all things that you do, you keep your focus on what's in front of you and you create that space in between for yourself. So this is where that self-care happens. When you start to drop in everywhere you go, you will know what you need to do to keep yourself in harmony. So it doesn't mean that you'll need excessive amount of times. It'll just mean that you can do bits all day long to keep yourself in harmony. And as I was mentioning in the food segment uh, I did yesterday, mind you, in food, is that we have karma. So you can do everything right, everything right, and then your life gets turned on its head. And in that moment, when everything gets turned on its head, that's an active opportunity to reconcile something from before here. It might be in this lifetime. It might be from someplace else that you don't understand. But if you go deep, you will liberate that. And in every moment, we have the opportunity to break the cycle. We don't have to keep perpetuating the bad habit that actually creates a deficit in our energy field, in our well-being, in our relationships, all of these things. So the balance between selflessness and self-care truly will happen in meditative repose. And your, if you have a faith-based practice, uh, that coupled together. And the reason, even though we're going to go through a big uh, veil drop around theology in the near next now uh, and the years to come is that whatever you made your faith to be the essence of that is divinity and that divinity can do wonders for you because it's everywhere it's running through every cell of your body it's running through nature it creates all these miraculous things and as I've stated uh, many times to my students and on these segments is that I've experienced legitimate miracles on so many different paths, so many different paths. And that's where I 
really took a turn in my life and I am like I can't really give it up to this word that people like to use the 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 G-O-D word that it actually is everywhere and there's a reverence that needs to be put there there's a a way to determine uh, what is in your highest and best and not to grasp at it just to give thanks when it steps in and uh catches your attention, commands your attention. And so right now, if you take your faith, even if it's like being agnostic or you're a nature-based person, or even if you're a science-based person, and then you take some time, active time daily for silence, this will give you that opportunity to balance selflessness and self-care. And what will happen is that selflessness will build, it'll become greater and greater. It'll be effortless, more and more effortless around you in everything you do. And then the requirements for self-care will get in balance where it won't be overwhelming. Like, oh, I got to do 20 things today to take care of myself. It's just going to be about your flow. And uh, there's uh, Tibetan monks near me and, you know, they do not miss one walk per day. They walk at the beginning of the day shortly after sunrise and then at the end of the day and sometimes a third walk in the middle of the day and this is part of their balance between their studies their um, active meditations that they're in and their practices that they've committed to and then there's all the other things that they do like eating you know uh, their requirements for their community their sangha and so it's kind of like that. It's, it doesn't have to be overwhelming uh, in the respect that you think that you need to have 20 superfoods and uh, need to have this perfect workout every day. Just creating that simple space, that sacred space to look in will start to balance these two things within you that will be of great service to you and others. So as inspired, we're going to go into this, the seated meditation. I'll, lie, I'll lead you in in a moment. Um, I encourage you in this next week just to take some time to really be selfless, meaning observe where maybe you're grasping and see if you can flip it and be in service in those moments. Maybe it means setting down your work and focusing on your children. Maybe it means... Uh, taking some time out for uh, the people that you love in a way that you haven't done for a while. And then also it might mean, maybe it means taking some time out for yourself like you haven't done in a while. And if you can, increase the amount of uh, practice that you do with your faith and meditation and see what's yielded. Lead in with a meditation, then a reading after, or a practice, whatever it is, or listen to something, and then move into your day. So this is a really yummy time of year to do that for those that are entering winter shortly, uh, to really be in deeper contemplation and uh, active repose and still repose. So with that being said, I'm going to welcome you to come up into seated position, cross-legged, half lotus, full lotus, preferably uh, 
And then from there, you're going to lift up that spinal column, drop down those shoulders. And then you're going to bring a gaze to a spot. If you're someone with an overactive mind, please keep your eyes open and stare at that spot. It'll help you tremendously. Uh, we don't need you going on a unicorn ride or getting lost in your thoughts during the meditation. And for those of you that are a well-seasoned and trained meditator, go ahead and close your eyes. And then gently take a nice deep breath into your heart. And then exhale out. Another one. Inhale. And exhale. Good. One more. Inhale. And exhale. Good. And then you're going to gently from there just find that focal point. If you find yourself get distracted, bring your attention back to that spot and or your breath simply observing it another breath in and then exhale out
soft, gentle breath in and out of your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual being. And then gently, without staying where your presence is, just recline into Shavasana, corpse pose, a.k.a. prone position on your back. Alternatively, you can curl up into the fetal position on the right or left side. And then gently from there, reconnect to your natural breathing pattern. Allow that to be your focal point as you lead into and receive these sound transmissions.
physical body and your surroundings. Let's take another deep breath in. And out. Good. One more inhale. And exhale. And then, if you wish, you can stay in the position you're in or rise up into a seated position simply by rolling over onto your right or left side, pushing back up, lifting up that spine and taking another deep breath in. And out. And now as you move gently into the next, I really welcome each and every one of you to take a moment for yourself and just let it all simmer with you. And as inspired, just sit with where and how you can bring into balance your selflessness your inner communion with your eternal being and how that can nourish and balance your entire being. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with the full heart, a soft gaze, a gentle smile, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Once again, I want to thank you all for being here today. And a special thanks to Randa Rab, Kadri Scott, and Dante Marino for contributing to this segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound. This has been brought to you by Be Simply. And as we exit out, you can stay for a little bit more. Kadri Scott, keep it local.
I do 